Hey lovebirds, happy wedding Wednesday, and welcome to episode 72 of Your I Do Crew, a wedding planning podcast. Each week, co-hosts Atan and Lindsay bring over 30 years of industry experience to the table with insight and interviews from local and national wedding pros to give you the best tips, tricks, and hacks that will take the stress out of your wedding planning process and help elevate your special day. So grab something old and something new. It's time to listen to Your Your I I Do Crew. Hey crew, we've got a great interview for you today, but before we get into it, I just want to remind you all that we did recently launch our Patreon to support the podcast and help us to get things going like hiring a professional audio engineer, aka somebody other than me, to edit the podcast so that we can get them out earlier and add bonus content, maybe even doing extra episodes per month. Additionally, it'll help us to improve our equipment so we can have better sound quality and better interviews for you. And one last thing before we jump into the episode, I need you to go to Instagram right now and look up Sweet Heather Ann, S-W-E-E-T-H-E-A-T-H-E-R-A-N-N-E. She is who we're interviewing today, and we seriously geek out over her cakes. But once you take a single look, you'll know why. I'm just looking at your Instagram now, and I'm uh, actively salivating. Yeah, is... thank you very much. Yeah, we have a really talented team here, so that's it's been a good year. We've done a lot of fun projects. Um, just a lot like i feel like we really grew artistically last year which was a good thing for us so Mm -hmm. yeah what was the uh what was the impetus to grow artistically i think we always want to grow artistically it's always been one of my goals so my background um i went to art school and i cakes are just like making cakes are just basically a passion for me and so Mm. i've always been very interested in improving every year with not only my skills but our skills as a team um and yeah, last year, but obviously you also have to be able to sell that work. And I think mm-hmm. we're getting better and better at getting our clients to trust us to really go with our guts and not just, you know, coming in with a photo and replicating something. So I think it like, it takes some time in the business to, and developing a portfolio where people trust you enough to kind of give you a little bit more freedom. Mm-hmm. So you were an art major and then it was, yeah. Cakes became a passion for you. Yeah. So I studied abroad in Italy. Um, and it was, I think it was also the timing. I was 21. I turned 21 in Italy and I just feel like that's such a meaningful time in your life when you're just sort of figuring things out. And I went there and I had been, um, I was a pretty, uh, I guess like, I don't know if I would say intense, but I, I was a very, I guess, intense student. Um, (laughs) and I, um, was taking a lot of credits and just really pouring everything into school. Um, and I went to Italy and it was just so much more laid back and mm. people were just like, there were so many act, like artists actually practicing and um, I spent more time on each project and I was just so much happier with what I was doing. And in the meantime, mm. I even had time to do stuff on the, on weekends, like cooking and traveling. And I think my work really improved by having that balance of not just like, taking as many credits as I could. Um, but basically like taking time away from the work to make the work better. Um, and it was just a really meaningful experience to me to see like how much better my work was by having that balance and taking time to explore different things. Um, and so when I came back, one of the major things that I had really fallen in love with in Italy was food. And so I started exploring that with my work and I also chose to take an extra year of college to just take a step back and not rush through everything um, and not take as many credits and just devote more time to each thing. So mm. That is awesome. Yeah. Wow. And uh, yeah, I imagine 
Italian food is a different level oh than gosh, yes. standard American Midwest. <laughs> yeah. And it was a whole lifestyle too, that I was really attracted to where, you know, at that point, and I wish I would get back to this, but I had started a practice of working in my sketchbook daily, um, just really taking more time, you know, to do artwork on a daily basis. And I think that really helped me instead of just, you know, cramming and doing every class possible, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so when did you start making wedding cakes? So my first wedding cake, I was actually in college still. Um, my first wedding cakes were all gifts, which mm -hmm. is really nice because then there's really no pressure in terms of, you know, like I would take on these really incredible challenges, but not be super worried about, you know, someone paying for my work because they weren't so it was a gift and then they were also fun because I knew the people and so I could really explore their personalities and I really treated them like art projects where I would spend a lot of time researching and thinking about it and letting the ideas develop and then I would always use it as like a time to try new things um so I did my first wedding cake guess what year would that have been 2006 I think Okay. Um, but I also started doing cakes in art school as projects. So they weren't for weddings, but they were, um, they awesome. were it was an art show on all my cakes. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. my gosh. Yeah. They weren't wedding cakes though. They were very, you know, they were more, um, they represented like I was, because I was very interested in food in general and specifically, um, where food was coming from and the relationship mm -hmm. between, you know, producers of food and, you know, the consumers who are buying it. Um, I, did a thing where I um, basically kind of trained with a bunch of different artisans in the area and then made cakes about those experiences. That wow. is amazing. That's yeah, really, so that's really what cool. you can randomly do in art school. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can get away with a lot in art school. I learned that yeah, when totally. I would kind of roam the halls where I went. I was like, yeah. oh, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. My my brother uh, was an art major, and uh -huh. the he, he was it was he was one of the ones who didn't take himself too seriously. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And sometimes he would look at people and he would call them pretentious pieces of, no. oh, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, pretentious pieces of something. Uh, yeah. And so that's super funny, but it is amazing to, to be able to take that and explore it. And yeah. Connect, yeah. Connect your studies with your passion. That's mm -hmm. so cool. Yeah. But, it was a lot of fun. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Well, we, we kind of gotten ahead of ourselves and people are learning all this stuff about you, but maybe they should learn who you are. <laughs> yes. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So I'm Heather. Um, I'm the owner of Sweet Heather Ann in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, and we create, I would say, artistic cakes. And we have a passion for, you know, really dedicating ourselves to creating artwork when it comes to cake. So Awesome. And, and as we said, we were looking at your Instagram and that is so evident. Thank there. you. That is incredible. Oh my gosh. So, so you got into making the cakes when you were in college, it became a passion mm -hmm. and you started making them then. When did you make the transition to, to doing that professionally? I mean, was that right after college or? Yeah. So after college, I think graduating from college is pretty tricky as an art major. At least I felt like that, um, <laughs> yeah. where you know, you go from this area where you're just like exploring your true passions and making art shows. And I mean, none of that really equates to making money in any way after college. <laughs> um, and so it's sort of this like thing where you're so passionate about what you're doing, but then all of a sudden you realize, wow, I still need a job and I'm not set up for that at all. So mm. I um, was still incredibly passionate about cake. And so I volunteered at basically every bakery in the area. 
um, that would take me. Some people wouldn't, but I was like, I'll work for free. I want to learn as much as I can from you. And that was basically my education in cake. And one of the places um, was called Cake Nouveau. Um, And then she eventually decided that she felt better paying me. So I was volunteering for a while and then (laughs) she started paying me. But um, it was sort of towards the beginning of her business. Uh, Well, she had been working from home, but she had just opened a storefront. But an exciting thing that was happening for her was she went on a Food Network show and then was continually invited back for these challenges. So then I started working with her on the challenges. Um, And I think that experience of... Not the TV show per se, but meeting all the different cake decorators around the country mm-hmm. really gave me the bug to open my own business. And then on top of obviously doing stuff for free, which you can't just do that, um, mm-hmm. I was working at this restaurant. And while I got a job as a server there, um, we were doing this big party, like an event at um, someone's house, and they were down to cook and they asked me to help. And then after that, I just really got very, like, I got really interested in in like helping in the kitchen and she the chef hired me in the kitchen which was really cool because i had no experience as like a professional chef um Mm -hmm. and so that 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 was it was called eve the restaurant it's no longer open but that was basically my education just in that was the only place i really worked professionally in food before i opened my business so awesome and when did you open your own business um 2010 Wow. Um, so within four years of graduating from college, you opened your own shop. Yeah. And I think that was also a little bit of product of art school where I think I was very, I was very confident ev- that I could do it, even though I didn't know what it was <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> I think I thought learning how to make cakes was what I needed to do. So I, yeah. mm-hmm. I worked really hard at developing my craft and I thought I was ready because I felt like the work I was doing on my own was comparable to shops that I thought that I respected. And so I put in that work. I understood how to do that. I did a lot of research on learning how to make cakes and developing recipes, but I did not do a lot of research on opening a business. Cause I think what <laughs> I thought I would do, which was a huge pipe dream is I thought I would find a place to rent and then just do it on my own. Like, you know what I mean? Like what <laughs> yeah. I'm doing at home only in a commercial kitchen and be like, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize that basically, I mean, I have a full-time business manager that answers email, like does everything, doesn't even work on the cakes with me, you know, like, and I have a big staff now. It was really not realistic to think that I could work by myself. Mm -hmm. But one of the people I had volunteered for was doing that. Two of the people I volunteered for were doing that, um, which I'm still amazed by that they were answering their own phone and taking their own orders. Um, I think that requires having a little bit more of a wholesale business actually where, mm-hmm. you know, there's consistent orders. Cause I don't know, I could not handle like checking the email and making the work. No. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. just like too hard yeah. um, to balance all of that. And then the first people I hired were um, people to help me in the kitchen, which is what I knew how to do well. Mm-hmm. And what I should have done right away was to hire some sort of business manager or someone to do admin because I was drowning in all of that because I hadn't researched that. I didn't have a business plan. I didn't have like all this groundwork set up Mm -hmm. to like make this business a success. I just knew how to make cakes. So then I'm trying to train people how to do what I'm good at where I, and then I'm like struggling in these other areas. Um, And so the cool thing about cakes is they're, 
especially at the time I started, is there was a ton of interest, partially from the TV shows and all of that, mm-hmm. in just doing what I had done and just volunteering. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got, you know, a stream of people that would contact me that would want to help. And in the beginning, I was pretty open. I'm like, yeah, sure, come hang out, whatever, we can do this, you know. And yeah. so I would have like a lot of different people coming in and helping for a day and, you know, doing that. And one of them ended up being someone who was really interested in business. And she came to me and said, I can see you're struggling with this. I would like to, I think I can, like with her current job, she's like, I think I can handle working here, like give you three days a week to do admin. And I was like, when can you start? (laughs) Start now. (laughs) Yeah. And she ended up being amazing. And she was my first business manager, you know, three days a week turned into, you know, full time. And she really, I have to say, I think, you know, given my, skill level in business management and all of that compared to making cakes. I think that if I hadn't made that choice to hire someone at that time, I don't think I would still be in business regardless of how good the cakes were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you do need that person to kind of organize things. Um, and you know, I really needed that. That was a big hole in mm-hmm. where I was when I started. Yeah. Creative types often, you know, like, like us in the wedding industry, yeah. creative types aren't always the most, organized no or, or we have our own system of organization that i don't understand <laughs> yeah. that's my poor accountant every year is like why do you do this to me and i'm like yep. this is how yeah. my brain works yeah no, i know yeah. i agree and and the, the 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 key thing to know is that the best thing to do is to shore up your weaknesses rather than strengthen yeah. your strengths and yeah that you know exactly you think like oh i'll bring on people to do the same thing as me yeah. but yeah it was a bad call <laughs> Yeah, you need other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I did the same thing with my officiating business. I brought in more officiants to to take in all the wedding requests that were coming and got overloaded with with wedding requests and had (laughs) to bring on a business manager myself. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, it's my my wife. Great. uh, Yeah, that's helpful. (laughs) Pretty handy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. So I'm just I'm just you know astonished. You know, 2006 graduate college, 2010 open your own business, and then you know today thriving in mm-hmm. Ann Arbor, which is an amazing town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Absolutely. a really supportive town too. I it feel is. like you know, again, I had done all the volunteering at basically what would have been when I started out my competition, but since they all knew me, um, so something I didn't know when I started in May of 2010 was like for us as an established cake business, we're usually booked at least a month out, Mm -hmm. if not more, May through, I would say at least maybe even October. And so last minute orders aren't something that we are even able to take. Um, Mm -hmm. And so we do pass along that business. I mean, who knows if people are, if anyone's taking it, but we, you know, if someone contacts us and say, I want a cake for next week or for two weeks from now, and it's in May, I'll usually say, I'm sorry, it's too short of notice. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So all of these people were sending me all this business and I'm thinking, wow, they're the nicest people because <laughs> I can't even believe that they're sending me this much business. And it was all last minute, which of course <laughs> I could do because I didn't have an established business. I didn't have, you know, a booked calendar. And right. so I was just thinking I was so lucky, but at the same time, I didn't think it would start so quickly. Like I told them, mm-hmm. I'm like, Hey, I got this commercial mm-hmm. kitchen. And like at the time I was still, you know, had my serving job part time. And I knew that I could like my rent on that kitchen for the first year was $900 a month. And I was like, if I make like one or two orders, you know, 
and I still have this serving job, I can afford to pay this $900 a month is kind of what I was thinking. Like I was thinking I might subsidize it with my serving job and whatever, and not even think about paying myself or having employees or whatever. I was just, you know, starting small, getting commercial kitchen and kind of building from there. But we started getting these last minute orders, you know, right away. Like as soon as I had a website to show people, you know, people were calling us and it was definitely mm-hmm. referrals from the other shops in town. Um, and so I think that's, it was a blessing in one way where like we were busy right away and that was exciting. And I continued to build on what I knew, but it was also kind of prevented me from really spending the time I needed to spend on developing that business plan and really like having things in place to have a staff and know the rules about having a staff and the rules mm-hmm. about taxes when you pay people and like all that <laughs> stuff would have been really helpful because I ended up paying people cash at first because I felt like I knew I would have to do the accounting on it, but I didn't know how to do it at first. So I was like, yeah. well, I'll pay mm-hmm. people cash. It's cool. I didn't know that the taxes <laughs> come out. Like there's two ends of the taxes. So they come out of your check and the mm-hmm. payer, the, the business is paying for like basically the same amount of tax on every employee. So then I had to pay double tax on everyone because I'd already mm-hmm. given them all that money. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, you know, you learn a lot of things. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it would have been better to research first. <laughs> yeah. So you're kind of still in business in spite of yourself. <laughs> yes, I would say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That is so cool. That's so cool. And we're, we're, we're kind of over here. I'm going to be honest, geeking out over your Instagram feed. Oh, thank you. So you need to tell people, because I, I know the answer to this, but you need to tell people what you make other than cakes too because i know you oh yeah sure so we you know specialize in cakes wedding cakes and you know large-scale event cakes but we do a lot of other mini desserts too um and some of that can be a dessert table for when you are you know for weddings and we also over holidays we'll do varieties of cookies so macarons are a big thing that a lot of people like from us um lots of decorative sugar cookies and we've been having fun with that too um we've been having a lot of fun with piped textures um so this year we did this basket weaving inspired cake that people freaked out over it was tons and tons of work and we loved it but it was also just so labor intensive but we're really happy with it when we're done um and so you know we kind of use that as a springboard to explore other ways that you can use royal icing to explore Mm -hmm. different textures and it's I love it because royal piped royal icing is a super old school cake decorating technique, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but by taking these textures and patterns that I don't want to call them more modern, but you know, that are really appealing and kind of different when it comes to cake design, you can use these same tools, but in a really different way. And so mm-hmm. um, that's been really fun to explore. Yeah. These are just, uh, the, uh, these are just, they're stunning. The There's level no- of detail is just, it's insane. It's, there, I don't know. <laughs> there are no other yeah. words. Um, we we have to encourage people to go to your Instagram feed. Thank you. Usually we usually we wait till the end for the Instagram plug, but do it now. It's it's, it's so. Um, so your Instagram is Sweet Heather Ann. Yep. With an E at the end. With an E at the end, right? Like yep. the Queen. Uh, oh yes. <laughs> but the uh, the the artistry, mm-hmm. the level, the level and attention to detail, the use of colors. I mean, some of the structural ones. There's the the marble one that you did is absolutely gorgeous. Oh, thank um, you. The one with, well, we did a lot of marble, but are you talking about with the succulents cut out succulents or a different one or? We love them all. Yeah. <laughs> all the marbles. <laughs> I feel like 2018, there was a lot of marble, which was fun because I feel like, so sometimes when we're doing a cake, mm-hmm. you learn a ton in the process and you always think, oh, if I did it next time, I would do this, this, and this. 
but there's sometimes never a next time because it might be Mm -hmm. something really specific to someone's wedding for whatever reason, you know, you might use similar tools later, but you don't do the same thing again. But with the marble, I mean, we did a lot of marble this summer and I definitely saw a lot of improvement with everyone on the staff in terms of how we were doing the marble. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it went from something where like, okay, let's hope it works to, you know, really (laughs) honing, (laughs) (laughs) which was fun. (laughs) Well, the thing about let's hope it works is, if it didn't work, we would redo it. It's not like yeah. we would just like send it out into the world, but you know, right. <laughs> it's good enough. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I try not to do is ever mm-hmm. to send out anything good enough because, you know, I think that as an artist, you know, we have committed to make something for someone. And if we're having trouble in the process, you know, that shouldn't really be delivered to them. They need like the final product. product. And so right. even though, you know, a lot of our pricing is based on, how many hours it ta- think we think it'll take, you know, if there's a struggle in the middle of us figuring it out, I think that's part of our, it's more part of our learning than part of like what the client should have to deal with, pay for, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I was, uh, I was talking about the, the Moody marble black cake specifically. Oh yeah. Yeah. That one. Very, yes. very cool looking. And right next to it in your Instagram feed, Alyssa and Brad, uh, the painted buttercream, it looks like, it looks like torn paper. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's incredible. Thank you. Yeah, painted buttercream is something we've been working on a lot. Um, I started getting interested in using color with buttercream um, kind of last, not 2018, but 2017. Um, and there's just a couple different things we do as donations throughout the year. And one of them is a donation for um, this really awesome organization called Growing Hope out of Ypsilanti. Um, And I love doing it. It's this beautiful dinner that I contribute to. And, you know, I just do the dessert, um, but I always use it. It's sort of towards the end of the season. And I always use it as an opportunity to explore ideas that I've been kind of thinking about. Um, And so, yeah, I did this cake at that event. And then from that, like a ton of people started ordering. And that's sort of what happens until you do something once. Um, if you do something once, even if it's sometimes we do like photo shoots or something like that, more people are going to be drawn to similar style. And then you can kind of build that, build upon that style. Um, so yeah, after we started posting out those cakes, they were super popular for Mm -hmm. this past year. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people don't know what's out there until they see it mm-hmm. and yeah. they may have never dreamt of that. Cause I, you know, I grew up and I got my dairy queen ice cream cake for my <laughs> yeah, birthday, totally. you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're used to. And then you see these, I mean, a literally works of art. Yeah. I would not want to cut into it on my wedding day. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'd be like, no, I have to keep it. Can't taste it. looks too good. No. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think, I feel like that happens more with birthday cakes almost. Cause I feel like wedding, yeah. um, there's so much going on that people appreciate it, but they almost appreciate the photos more in, mm-hmm. in a way mm-hmm. um, because it's like part of their day. And, you know, it's, it's sort of this really beautiful piece of their wedding that can take on like a really strong vibe for their decor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like with the birthday cakes and a lot of times those get really specific about, you know, you know, someone's getting it for someone and it's a surprise and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. I think people have a really hard time with the birthday cakes cutting into them. <laughs> Not every birthday cake. Like we do simpler ones too, but mm-hmm. um, some of the really special ones, I think 
can be hard for people. <laughs> and then when I, at least, especially when I first started, um, a lot of people told me they weren't eating the cakes and it would kind of bum me out. Yeah, that's true. Like, I worked so hard on that flavor and then you're not going to eat it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think like, yeah, I think part of what I like about it is it is this sort of ephemeral piece of artwork. So you work really hard mm-hmm. on it um, and it serves this purpose as part of the day in this really special way. But then, you know, I also think of myself as a sculptor. It's not like I have a garage full of sculptures, right? Like yeah. I did, like I've been very productive and the staff has been very productive over the course of the years that I've had this business, but it's not like, you know, we have tons of stuff now mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like i think yeah. that's kind of cool that it like had a purpose and it was really special and it was on a momental monumental day for people yeah. um but it's not like just hanging out in the world <laughs> that's really that's really deep that is, that is like, <laughs> the art school, you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> like today's well we had earlier on we had a relationship counselor today's gotten very philosophical yeah. oh yeah um that's, it's really cool, though. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Well, because we think about, you know, creating beautiful things and them standing the test of time, but you create beautiful things with the intention that they will be consumed. That's so mm-hmm. backwards from me, too, that it's kind of like blowing my mind a little bit. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, it is. It's just like gone for you. And for me, it's yeah. like, you know, the photos are there and yeah. it's total opposite. So. That's, but I that's kind of crazy. think of photos as a component to the work, personally. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, because if there's no photo, whether by, you know, the wedding photographer or us or something, then I feel like at least for our, from a business standpoint, then, like, we can't really sell that work again. <laughs> exactly. You definitely <laughs> uh, need I mean, you that. Can, yeah. But it's kind of a bummer if you, like, put all this work in. So I guess the photos, for me, take on this almost, like, promotional aspect where yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it's like, you know, showing our work to people so that they understand what we can do. Yeah. Because if you don't have a photo of it, then it's just somebody saying, no, no, it, was, it looked really good. I can really it was do awesome. this for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was great. I, I'm telling you, well, how great was it? Show me. Well, I can't. Like, yeah. It was good. Trust me. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh my gosh. So when, when folks come to you for a, for a cake, be it for a wedding or a birthday or whatnot, do they usually come with a specific design in mind or do you work with them to create something unique? How does that process usually work? Um, so I think a little bit of both. Um, we recommend to people to kind of think about what they're looking for, but we specifically say it doesn't like, we don't need cakes as references. And I think some of our best cake, like cake designs actually come from when people bring in other references besides cakes because then we can really have the creative freedom and i'm seeing other references like for example like that ethiopian basket weaving inspired Mm -hmm. cake no Mm -hmm. one came in and said oh i saw this cake will you make it they said you know i have ethiopian heritage and i'm really interested in basket weaving and those designs can you incorporate that into a cake and then our decorator katie who designed that cake you know took that and then you know designed the cake um it's really common to work with people's dresses or invitations Mm -hmm. um a lot of times i ask we just ask like what is your wedding style Mm -hmm. um we try to get a sense of their style as a couple also um because it's a lot of fun to create something totally unique for them yeah yeah that's so cool i didn't know that you do everything locally I mean, as much as we can. And I definitely Mm -hmm. focus on like, you know, the butter and the dairy and, you know, what we can do that I think is making an impact. Um, Because I was, you know, when I started, that was 
part of the reason why naively I thought that I needed to start my own business <laughs> because <laughs> I was like, you know, really young and passionate. Not that I'm not passionate now, but I was so passionate about ingredients that I was, I, I didn't find anywhere like with the right balance for me that was using local ingredients and, you know, really, you know, respecting the area and doing very artistic work. I felt like mm -hmm. I could go to a place that was really at the pinnacle of artistry and then their ingredients weren't something that I was proud of. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, there were places that really cared about ingredients, but they, you know, were doing more home homely things or just not like artistry in the same way I wanted to. So I felt like there was this hole for what I wanted to do and I had to do it myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, but I think awesome. looking back, I like people always ask me, you know, if I were to change something, what would I do differently? I think I would have tried to work at a bakery that was very similar to what I was setting out to do. Mm -hmm. So I could mm -hmm. learn, you know, a lot more about running a bakery. Not paying people in cash. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even like, thought, like I think it would have been really nice to even have a standard like that. Not yeah. that anyone. Yeah. I think when you talk to more like business owners, you realize that like everyone's figuring things out. No one has everything together, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I think that it would have been really nice to have like some goals. Like, okay, this is how they're running their business. This is how they choose to do their training. This is how this is happening. Is that something I want to do? Do I want to do it differently? But to at least have seen something would have been helpful, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of some some sort of architecture to build off of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that's cool. I, I honestly didn't know about the your your local focus. Is that now is that something that you publicize a lot or no? A little bit. I think I mean it's on the website. Um, but it's not like, you know, and if you come to a tasting, we talk about ingredients too. Um, mm. but I think like I think that when we first started, I kind of had a mix of people who, you know, were more like the foodie type that were really coming because of the ingredients and or people that, you know, cared more about the designs. I think, I don't know. I feel like people are attracted by the designs more at this point. Yeah. Um, but I could be wrong. But it's also so visual, you know, like again with Instagram mm -hmm. and like the website, it's just so visual. Yeah. And I think especially when it comes to, so we do the, you know, weddings a lot and also just, you know, milestone occasion cakes and people can recognize that in the area, if they want something, just like a big showstopper, that's going to be really, really memorable. We're the place to go mm -hmm. because, you know, we'll put the time into doing the research to, you know, really bring that cake alive for you. Whether that's something like we do a lot of work with U of M or, you know, it could be a bar about mitzvah or some other like an 80th birthday. And, you know, we'll do the work to make it that really special cake that you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. That's cool that, that you're generating that, um, that reputation and that, yeah. buzz. that is a very cool net, that, that following. And, and yeah, online it is all about the it is all about the visuals because we can't taste it. You know, you can't taste it. No, yeah, <laughs> we don't have that that attachment for our internet yet. I wish, yeah, <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah, because they look scrumptious. And I will yeah. say, I've had your macarons before, and they are oh, okay. so good. I was going to share them with people, and I might have eaten them all. <laughs> That is totally okay. Ooh. I know. They were so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, thank you. That means a lot to me. Because again, like it's a passion project on all levels. And it's really important to me that, you know, people like their wedding cakes. Mm -hmm. and people are, like I just, I want everything to be special. You know, I want 
everything that we produce to be something that, you know, people feel is really special and um, had that attention to detail that you don't always see. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, cool. When folks come to you, I know you said that you uh, you like to work with them. Sometimes they have ideas in mind, they have mm-hmm. inspirations, and mm-hmm. you work with them on that. Uh, sometimes they may just come and say, we want that one. But <laughs> yeah. what, what do you think is, are there any mistakes that couples make when they come to you for cakes? Are there any, or or when they come to anyone for a cake, are there any mistakes that couples make for a wedding cake? Yeah. I mean, I think if you're coming to someone like us who's known for our artwork, I kind of think it's a mistake not to honor that, you know, we are artists and Mm -hmm. we can make anything, you know? Um, I don't think people are really used to having something custom made for them. I don't think it's that common. Like Mm -hmm. usually you look, you know, you're looking through a website or something and then you pick this and you get it. So Mm -hmm. that's like normal consumer culture. It's not very often to get something totally custom made, but why not if it's available? You know, I totally understand like, falling in love with the look of something because I do that stuff all the time. But I think it's better for us if you come with ideas, like I said, even like textures or anything like that we can pull from to create a unique design for you than to copy. Like we don't love copying other cakes. Um, The other thing that is hard is if people come in with maybe three cakes that they love and they want to combine it. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it happens a lot where people might pick three really stunning, like, on their own, perfectly beautiful cakes, like, really well composed. But then if you put all the pieces together, the three cakes, they're not good. It's, like, not yeah. a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so even though you might love all of those techniques, they don't really work together. Um, and people kind of get caught up on, like, you know losing things they like and I try to explain to people you know I think part of what you like about this cake is that you know it's very cohesive Mm -hmm. and simple Mm -hmm. in the amount of different techniques and if you were to combine all of that you know it's not going to be something you actually like Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah that makes a lot of sense so so on the one hand you have people that are self-limiting and can't think outside the box because they just want something off the shelf and on the Mm -hmm. other hand you've got people that are trying to you know put fire and ice together and don't realize you're going to yeah. get you know, a soggy put out fire. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then how we design. So the other thing that I think confusing for clients is there's a pretty big range in price when it comes to the design work that we do. Mm-hmm. So some of the cakes that we do, for example, the basket weaving cake I was talking about mm-hmm. took us about 40 hours oh as a team to complete. There are some wedding cakes that we can complete in like two to three hours, you know? Mm-hmm. And so as a consumer or as a client, it can be very difficult to understand the difference because you're not actually, you know, making the cakes. And I think obviously you can see like a very simple buttercream cake is very different than like a cake that's fully covered in, you know, intricate piping, but you Mm -hmm. might not understand like, you know, kind of what that means about the price of your cake. And so what Mm -hmm. we do in tastings is Right, like, well, people, right after pe- people taste cake, um, we do in person consultations where we drop their design and we price it on the spot. And then we can talk to them, like, how that works with their budget. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a lot easier for us. I mean, it's not easy to actually come up with amazing designs on the spot <laughs> all the time. So I do, we practice, you know, not practice, but I do a lot of research before mm-hmm. and to make sure that I'm you know, coming up with good stuff. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's really helpful to be in person for that client meeting when 
they love what you did, but maybe their budget's just like a little under that and they're worried about it. Mm Because you can talk it through. You can say, okay, well, if you want to get closer to that budget, we can do this, this, and this, but you're going to lose this part. And they might say, oh, but that is what I want. And so then they say, okay, I think that's okay. Or they say, oh, that's great. Mm -hmm. Let's lose that part. I didn't need it anyways, you know? So I think having that in-person conversation is really helpful. Um, It also helps me to see like in real time, how much they like the design. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause if I come up with something I think is great and it's not like hitting a nerve for them, it's kind of a bummer for me kind of, because yeah. it's supposed to be, um, you know, it's supposed to be this really special thing for their day. And I think that is something that we can bring to the table. And if we're missing the mark, um, it's good to be able to see that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, part of what we do is we create art that's experiential for our couples, but mm-hmm. But so we're, the art is fulfilling us to some degree, but it also is for a purpose to, to make yeah, somebody else totally. happy. So, yeah. yeah. So I have a question. When people, this is probably a silly question for you, but I know <laughs> yeah. you're saying you use like elements of people's, you know, like dresses and different things. Yeah. So when it comes to that part, do you just prefer that they bring the dress in? Do you prefer that they give you a photo? Like, how do you, you know, because obviously you have to be secret about it. You can't, most yeah. people I'm sure aren't like, here's my dress. I'm with, you know. <laughs> so that's a pretty, that's pretty tricky. So we never see the actual dresses. Okay. Um, but we kind of have to train people how to take good pictures of their dress because yeah. <laughs> if you, so I need to be able to see the overall pattern mm-hmm. um, as well as the detail work. Mm-hmm. And so those are kind of two different types of photos. And I think, a lot of people like initially just send me a picture of themselves in the dress, which is <laughs> nice to understand what the dress looks like, but it's not that helpful when you're talking about really, you know, working on the patterns that the dress is creating. Mm-hmm. Um, and so usually what I'll do is, you know, I get the initial photos and then sometimes they're fine. Sometimes I have to <laughs> tell people like, Hey, I actually need this, this, and this too, more, but it's yeah. easier <laughs> to direct people after I see what they like start with. Okay. Um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, sense. we need both details and um, full pattern shots. Mm-hmm. I just imagine you getting all these texts of bad mirror selfies. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, not helpful. Super yeah. dark photos mm-hmm. where you can't see anything. Yeah, yeah. blurry. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's very frustrating if you don't like, because like if it's a pattern and it repeats, it's really frustrating to get part of that pattern but not understand how it yeah. repeats. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anything, any events coming up that you would like to promote? Um, any sales, workshops, showcases? Anything? Sure. Well, I'm about to post our workshops for winter of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, so people, so with the workshops, um, we do a lot over the holidays, which like Christmas, which is done. Um, but we're going to be posting some cookie decor- work, decorating workshops over Valentine's Day. We had a very popular buttercream flower class class last winter that we'll be posting again, I believe in March. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm hoping to have that schedule up within the next week or so. So we can be on the lookout for that, <laughs> but that's a lot of fun. So um, we bring in like, we don't do classes all the time, but in our slower time, um, you know, we bring people in. And I guess the other thing, private workshops as well. Um, and that is something where probably people who are more cake decorators already or looking to become cake decorators can do a one-on-one workshop with me. And that's all of like information about that's on the website too. So cool. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So if people want to learn more, they want to first off, yeah. if they want to see your gorgeous cakes, they go yeah, to totally. <laughs> Instagram, sweet Heather Ann with oh, an E. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and then if they want to 
if they want to learn more, they can go to your website, which is? Um, SweetHeatherAnn.com. So again, with the E at the end. Cool. So. Excellent. And we will, of course, link that in mm -hmm. our Instagram post for this episode and in the podcast notes and all that fun stuff. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, well, one, one final question. Yeah, so, of course. This doesn't have to be cake related or wedding business related or anything, but what right now in your life is bringing you joy? Okay. Um, so I think something that has consistently brought me joy throughout my life is walking. Um, mm. I really like walking either as a form of transportation or a way to clear my mind. Um, and it's just so funny because in the winter, it's something that it's easy to not do as much because it's cold outside and Mm -hmm. You know, it's easy to be lazy about it. Um, <laughs> and we live in the Midwest. So, and we live in the Midwest. And so <laughs> it's always something that's easy to cut. But this morning I made sure, you know, before I came to work, I took a nice walk and it brought me a lot of joy. Mm -hmm. So I need more of that. I like that. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. Heather, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. It was really nice to talk to both of you. If you haven't gone to Instagram to check out Heather's Cakes, you don't know what you're missing. Check them out right now at Sweet Heather Ann on Instagram. Remember, that's Ann with an E. That's our episode for this week. Thank you so much for listening. We know that there are a ton of podcasts out there, so we're glad that you choose to spend your time with us. Make sure to subscribe with your favorite podcast app to get each week's episode directly in your playlist. Remember to check out our Patreon if you want to support the podcast. And stay tuned next week for another wedding horror story. I'll tell you about how this wedding's guests became an angry mob and how you can avoid the same happening to you. This is Atan, owner and chief officiant of Weddings for the Ages. You can find us on The Knot, Wedding Wire, Facebook and Instagram as Weddings for the Ages. And this is Lindsay Roselle with Lucky Bird Photography. You can find me on Wedding Wire, The Knot, and you can also find me on social media using at Lucky Bird Photo. If you liked what you heard today, help us spread the love. Comment, like, rate, and review on iTunes and Google Play and share on your favorite social media platforms. We love feedback. So if you have any suggestions or if you want to ask us a question, email us at feedback at yourIDoCrew.com. Thanks for listening, and here's to love, laughter, and happily ever after. Cheers. I wanna get, I wanna get, I wanna get married. Music credits are as follows. Song title, I Wanna Get Married, by artist D. Cylinders, from the Free Music Archive. Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 international. Yeah.